Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 536, and today I am pumped because we're going to be talking about how to use YouTube to blow up your brand in a good way and sell more products. And what I've done is I've reached out to a YouTube expert, and his name is Sean Kennel, and he's a great guy. He knows what he's doing on YouTube, and the reason why I want to dive into YouTube because I feel that our competition, your competition, is probably not doing this. And if we're in this for the long haul, if we're in this to build a brand, we want to be able to go out there where our audience is, and we want to help them, but then we also want to get them to come back to our brand, and then from there, possibly buy a product. What better way than to go out there on a search engine where people are looking for content around your market? Now, I've used bass fishing quite a bit lately, right? So if I was in the bass fishing market, it would be a video on five tips you must know when fishing or bass fishing in a pond, something like that. And we go over a bunch of different things here, but I really want you to understand that this is a search engine. Just like Amazon's a search engine for buyers, YouTube is a huge, powerful you know, search engine, which also gets indexed by Google, so you can get found in a couple different places. You can build up a subscriber base, kind of like an email list, and all of that stuff. And I am really, really excited for you guys to listen in on this conversation that I had with Sean. Great guy, and he knows what he's doing. Now, let me just say, we're going to go over why YouTube, how to use it, content strategy, best format as far as like what you should start with, what, you, what, the, what should be in the middle, what should be at the end, all that stuff, how long they should be. And I actually cut this up into two parts because we we just kept drilling in and I just kept exploring different different areas and he kept talking and and you know sharing. So I was like, you know what, we're gonna keep going here. So, like I said, this is going to be a two-part. The first part where you're going to dive into all of the what you need to know, how to kind of set things up, you know, what you should be looking at as far as your strategy. And then in the follow-up in part two, it'll be our conversation continued, and we'll start exploring some really creative ways that you can actually go out there and start a YouTube channel and start making money on that channel, even if you don't have your own products yet. We also talk about how you can go out there and maybe find other people to leverage that maybe you're not the face of the business or maybe you're not the face of the YouTube channel. You can find other people that are. And we go over some different strategies on that in this episode, but also in part two. So definitely listen to this one. And then you're going to want to listen to the next one, uh, the, the continuation of this episode. Really good stuff. I would also definitely recommend checking out Sean's stuff. I'm telling you right now, I, like I said, I mean, I've actually hired Sean. That's how I met him initially, and I had him look at my YouTube stuff that I'm doing, and uh, and I felt like, you know what, this guy knows what he's doing. We got to get him on the show. So what I would definitely say is check out his masterclass. He's got a, uh, I think it's about a 60-minute masterclass. So it's a workshop where he walks you through how to get started, what you need to know, content you know, strategy, all of that stuff. If you want to check that out, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash video. All right, theamazingseller.com forward slash video. This is my YouTube go-to guy now, all right? I, I haven't really had one in the past that I felt like comfortable with or that I felt like, you know what, this person's going to help me uh, grow my YouTube presence, but also other people in my world, you guys. So 
I'm definitely really excited to share him with you guys because he's an awesome, awesome guy. All right, so I'm going to stop talking now so we can listen to this conversation that I had with Sean. Before I do, I also want to remind you the show notes. You're definitely going to want to grab those. Episode 536, theamazingseller.com forward slash 536. All right, so guys, sit back, relax, get ready. Be prepared to get blown away, literally, because it is amazing on what we can do with this powerful platform, and you guys are going to be able to do the same. All right, so sit back, relax, enjoy. Well, hey, Sean, thank you so much for hanging out with us here today and uh, educating us on a little bit of this this, uh, video stuff. So what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing super good, Scott. Pumped uh, to be hanging out and pumped to talk about YouTube and video. Yes. Yeah, you are the go-to guy for me anyway. Um, I've been hearing a lot about you. A mutual friend of ours, Pat Flynn, um, recommended you as well. But I've been hearing about you even before I heard Pat mention it. And um, and I've been watching you from afar. And actually, I hired you to come on and look at my stuff. So I just want people to know I actually I actually paid Sean to come on and look at my stuff. And uh, I'm always a big, big uh, you know advocate of investing in yourself and your business. And that's what I wanted to do. And now here we are getting you on the podcast as well. Um, yeah, so I'm super excited to have you here because I think video in any business can really do amazing things. So why don't you give a little bit of your backstory really quickly as far as like get people caught up like who the heck is Sean? Why should I be having you on about you know YouTube and video and stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Scott. And um, for me, I actually have now been doing video over 15 years and I got started in my local church and I was just volunteering in the youth ministry in 2013. And I started doing weekly video announcements. So that was 52 videos a week. And man, those, I always say this, your first videos are your worst videos. I don't (laughs) want anyone to ever see those. Um, But, but it was a huge advantage because I I was putting out weekly content. So I was kind of learning the discipline before social media even came on the scene Mm. of creating content, editing. And then actually a year later, 2004, the lead pastor of that church was like, now the videos aren't too bad. Do these on the weekends as well. So as a volunteer, I was doing 104 videos that year, a little bit over that. So I'm really kind of figuring out video. And then the first YouTube channel I managed was in 2007 for our small church that was an hour north of Seattle, Washington. And so YouTube started in 2005. So it was nice to get this early start. I was doing everything wrong. Titles wrong, (laughs) thumbnails wrong. But, you know, it helps to dive in, practice. Mm. So eventually I started a small business in 2009 called Clear Vision Media where I started doing video production, helping people monetize. optimize their channels and whatnot. And then event, you know, different pathways and things that eventually led to going all in with what my passion is now and what my team and I do. And that is helping people figure out how to build their influence, create more income and ultimately make a greater impact leveraging the power of online video. I I love it. I love the path um, because I think we all uh, just by looking through like the twists and turns, you never could have predicted what have what has happened until you get out there and you actually uh, get yourself going and and really just dive in. And that's what you did. And I love it that you said it like like the stuff that you did in the beginning was not perfect. Like like is it ever you know? But you weren't afraid to do it. Learn and now you've grown and now look at you and and the, the different things that you're doing and you're blowing it up on YouTube. Um, all right. So let's kind of dive in. I want people to get like actionable stuff that they can walk away and go, you know what? That was amazing. Sean definitely is the deal. And he gave me a roadmap to follow to at least get started because I've been telling people for probably the past eight months now 
that you know we primarily sell on Amazon, and then from there we launch externally. Amazon's a big channel for us, right? They do a lot of the heavy lifting, as YouTube does, right? I mean, if you went and just hosted your videos on your blog, it wouldn't be as good as just capitalizing on YouTube and the traffic and, and everything that they have, all the, the algorithm stuff and all that. But, um, you know, when we are launching on Amazon, we're also just, you know, like we're, li- we're, we're lying on them. What I want to do is I want to have external ways for people to be, be able to discover our products, our services, and also our influence. Like you said, if someone wants to have influence in that market, it's going to be a lot easier to sell. I know. I mean, let's, let's just say this, for example, right now you have stuff that you recommend on your channel because you use it and people trust you. So they'll buy through you, Right. And the same thing can happen with your own products. I mean, if you had your own product line in the video space, you would probably sell a bunch of it, right? But um, but right now, you can recommend top products, brands, and Amazon will pay you a commission on that. So what I want to do is help people, number one, ask themselves, in the brand that they're in, okay, can they build a video like library or at least resources for people to come back, get to know, like, and trust them? So where do we start? Yeah, so I actually love this conversation because I think you already kind of mentioned it, but from the top, I think it's important for us to think about the difference between branding and sales. Mm. Mm. And I think a lot of people in your space, in the e-commerce space, I think sales is fine. If they Mm. figure out landing page optimization, paid traffic, they just Mm. figure out how to be profitable with ads and um, maybe rank a product on Amazon that also is not associated with necessarily a memorable brand or Mm. necessarily a person, then you might be able to kill it. And plenty of people are. They might Mm. be doing six, seven figures. However, sometimes algorithms change, as you mentioned, if you're dependent on Amazon, things change. And overnight, maybe your business could disappear, like you crush it for a while and things could change. That's sales. Branding is different because when we think about branding, we think about the um, brands that don't like necessarily hit us with Facebook ads. But when we walk into a store, we have brand recognition. They have built trust with us. They've built legacy. So we might buy Crest versus the brand we don't recognize, you know, when it comes to toothpaste or we we might get Nikes versus a different type of shoe. So I actually think it's a philosophy first. And I think that it's fine if maybe someone's like, I just figured out there's a profitable niche. You know, I started, I imported some stuff and I I, I talked to a friend recently who around Halloween was importing um, like neon shot glasses Mm -hmm. and just crushing it during, Mm -hmm. you know, October and whatnot. But again, he wasn't building a brand. He was seeing this high volume search and whatnot and just positioning his um, products for that. So, but if somebody wants to build a brand, mm. I would argue that it's, it's tough. Mm. And you would want to maybe start with the end in mind. Where is it you want to go? What is it you ultimately want to do? And we could talk about a couple of different niches, but even before we started, right, we were talking about, say, like, um, you know, off-road Jeep um, content, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously some of those products. I actually know a couple of people that have some great Jeep channels, And I think the number one, if we will put this into actionable tips, I think it's actually going to start out with valuable content. Mm -hmm. Absolutely going to start out with valuable content. And then deciding if you're going to be the face, the person that's going to be presenting this content. So I was thinking about this Jeep channel and um, they put out weekly content of, you know, how to fix the radiator or how to powder coat the thing. And when you also think about branding, when you're adding that value, you're not necessarily selling 
Like you may not even be selling at all. You may, you're just building a relationship and maybe you have a bunch of Jeep, except maybe you have the seat covers for sale. Maybe you have some headlights for sale, but you could still talk about how to fix those suspension issues on, you know, the 1983 Jeep, add a lot of value to people. Then you build that relationship, you build that connection and they could discover the business you're building as well as the brand that you're building overall in the process, mm. right? Mm, yeah. No, I, I I love that. And I think, like you said, it's like a lot of people think that in, in anything, right? It's like if you're on Amazon and you're only going to sell on that channel, you're hoping for that one hit, right? That one that one grand slam. Or you can go at it the slow and steady way and try to find products that sell steadily through the years and then you can build a brand around it. But it is going to take time. Anything, anything that I've ever done anyway that ever has lasted has always taken time but it's always been worth the time it's it's staying patient and and just staying persistent and consistent um so um if let, let's talk about that so like in the jeep market um well let, let me ask you this what if someone doesn't want to be the face how would someone go out there and deliver content so that way they can capitalize on that because they know that there's traffic over there and we can talk about some ways to figure out what their audience is searching for and all that stuff but like where if I don't want to be the face, Scott, I don't want to be on camera. I, I know my wife, she wouldn't want to be technically the face. Um, you know, so what would you advise someone that's in that kind of spot? So there's a couple options and that does kind of present a challenge, but number one, if you're not wanting to be the face, would you be willing to be the voice? Mm. Because, um, take a Jeep channel. Maybe you've never put yourself on camera and plenty of YouTubers do this, but maybe you're willing to talk behind the camera to demonstrate how to do things. I was recently, um, my wife feeds the birds all the time, which is cool because we have birds in our backyard. But you know what else that brings to our backyard and <laughs> our back patio? That's right. Piles of some not cool stuff, right? So <laughs> a little while ago, I was researching pressure watchers. Where did mm. I go? I went to YouTube. Oh, yeah. And um, I'm searching, I'm researching some different models. And sure enough, I found a video where the guy, it was just from his perspective, his POV was behind his phone, describing it, how to use it, comparing this Honda pressure washer to some other, um, you know, brands out there. So I was getting my information and trust I, as the end user um, consumer, I was happy. I, I mm. you know, I wasn't even looking for, you know, I, I was looking for the information. Mm. So that goes back to that valuable content, like helping this person who's got questions, who's yeah. got you know, looking for information. And so you could still deliver it. So if you're not willing to be the face, you could also be the voice. Another option is you could potentially identify someone who would be the on-camera talent. Plenty mm. of brands have scaled by finding somebody maybe that already exists, someone who could grow into the role or thinking about who they could partner with or connect with that would be basically on-camera talent. Mm. You know, in the gaming industry, for example, a lot of the PC guys that build PCs, PC parts, they build games. A lot of those guys, you know, stereotypically are not typically um, maybe attractive, if you think about that articulate, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, in the sense of, because they they geek out on all the tech stuff. In the gaming industry, it makes sense. A lot of times they partner with attractive women, you mm -hmm. know, that also are kind of into gaming. But those women that do the news shows or review things or talk about building PCs, those channels take off. They're mm -hmm. just, that's just being smart. It's like reverse engineering this. And then of course, all these gamer guys and girls relate with, you know, that on-camera talent. So I think as a business owner, entrepreneur, that would be another strategy to consider building out. And you might be like, well, shoot, who's that person now? Well, I don't know. Maybe you'll discover them. Branding is going to take time to build. So it mm -hmm. could take, it's going to be maybe years. Maybe you find them in three months and then it clicks in six. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not an overnight thing. I think if you're building talent and you're building out a content machine, 
mm. that's going to be building brand and sales on YouTube. What's your thoughts on this? Uh, you know, and I've had this happen to me time and time again, where I'm like, if I had the time and the bandwidth, I would think about going in that market because I'm always seeing opportunities. I'm sure you are. And I'm like, but I don't have time. But um, what if you were to find someone that was an expert that didn't even know that YouTube like existed in a sense, right? And all you did was you're like, listen, can I pay you and just have you teach me five things on how to train the dog or whatever, right? And then every week you might pay them a hundred bucks and you go and you sit down and you shoot five videos and you upload those videos. Could that work? It's absolutely brilliant. And, and they would probably love, they would get a kind of a little bit of PR, if you will, around mm -hmm. it. So it could be a great joint venture. And, um, and then like you mentioned, that's a good tactic, I would say for YouTube is batch producing content, Con mm. producing content weekly. And I would suggest if we go back to valuable content, I think that if you really want to build a presence on YouTube, you should establish a weekly show, like mm. one upload a week. Mm -hmm. And if you're teaching on off-road Jeep market, you know, sharing value, then every Tuesday, just a new video that your target audience would love can come out. But the cool thing is, if you were to work with somebody, just like you mentioned, you could potentially shoot four videos in one day. Maybe you right. take a weekend or you take and you shoot all four. There's a month's worth of content. And yeah, maybe you hire that person or you just do some sort of a business relationship with that person. And maybe it costs a few hundred dollars, but there's a whole month of mm. content. You just do that 12 shoot days a year. And now you have a 52 episode show yeah. for that whole year. It can be doable if you do it smart. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause I have uh, I have a pool and my pool guy comes in and he doesn't, he's like, you're that internet thing guy, aren't you? You know, like has no, he has no idea about online. He could probably sell tons of his pool products online, whatever. Um, but he has no, he doesn't care. Um, but I, I thought of him, I'm like, man, I could sit there and probably just shoot 52 videos like within like I don't know, a couple of weeks, just little snippets, like how to, how to, um, you know, how to clean your plaster, you know, edges, uh, you know, mold off of this, like all these common things that happen to an in-ground pool. And I'm like, that would work. Um, because then you're getting that content out there as long as you know how to do the other stuff, which you're going to help us with as far as like, how do you, how do you optimize things and how do you, you know, get the right things in place. So that way there you can be found. Um, and, and I, I had it happen in the Jeep market as well. The same, I had another pool guy come in and they're like, Oh, I like your Jeep, whatever. And I'm like, Oh yeah. And, and he goes, yeah, I've actually got my brother. He works at a Jeep place. And all he does is just think about Jeeps. He just loves working on them on the weekends. He's working on them and during the week. And I'm like, Hmm, you could hire that guy to go and he would love it. Right. It's like, there's so much opportunity, I think, to, to, uh, piggyback off of people that are already doing it, that are passionate about doing it, that would love to make a few extra bucks to, to actually get on camera and talk about what they're, they're already passionate about. 100%. You know? Um, all right, cool. So if anybody is listening and they're like, well, I don't want to be the face. There's a lot of different things that you can do. Now, if that's the case, where should we start as far as like what pieces of content should we think about creating? Now, I know there's a couple things that I've done. You've actually helped me with that, but maybe you can kind of go through like the very beginning state, like the low hanging fruit. Where would you start? Let's talk about, I, I mentioned to you earlier, kayak bass fishing. Let's just use that because it's so random and it's so, and it, it's crazy though. It's a big niche though. I, I couldn't believe it when I was digging into it. I'm like, really? I thought that it was just like bass fishing, but no, it's kayak bass. There's like tournaments. There's like a whole club, like everything. What would you do? Um, to start, um, you know, developing a content plan. 
I love that. So if, if number one is, you know, pump out valuable content and start a weekly show, number two is recognizing that YouTube is a search engine. In mm. fact, it's the second largest search engine in the world, second to Google, and it's owned by Google. Now, you know, Amazon is also a search engine, right? Mm. And so people are going there searching for products. And so here's a tip to get people started with what content to produce. Go to the uh, YouTube search bar and start typing. And then what happens is predictions come up. And those predictions are what people are searching for in order of search volume. The same thing happens on Amazon. When you start typing, it finishes your sentence for you. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you can rank for maybe not even the top level keywords, but maybe a longer tail keyword on Amazon, then you could get a lot of sales when someone's looking for something specific. That same thinking would apply to YouTube as I just went there right now. So when I type in kayak bass fishing, um, I use a tool called Keywords Everywhere. So right on YouTube, it shows me actually the monthly search volume um, without having to go anywhere else of those search terms on YouTube. And so uh, 3,000 people a month are searching for kayak bass fishing. Who would have right. thought, right? I know, right, right. And, and then the, some of the other uh, predictions, though, then it goes kayak bass fishing tournament, mm -hmm. kayak bass fishing setup, mm -hmm. kayak bass fishing tips, for beginners. Mm. So here's kind of what's interesting is I think kayak bass fishing for beginners would be the, a great video to make. And so mm. here's the principle. Before you press record, um, do your research. Mm. Because that's also going to influence what you record. Because instead of just saying, all right, well, let's just uh, start sharing some stuff off the top of our head this week about kayak bass fishing. Mm. That it could just be random. It's not strategic. You want to reverse engineer the content to answer what people are actually already interested in. What's right. cool is because of these tools, we can see that. So now you already have your video title, Kayak mm. Bass Fishing for Beginners. And anyone who would have any knowledge in that space could probably think about, oh, yeah, I can tell you the first five things I would consider. Mm. And in doing so, as you're producing that content, one thing I think that we need to remember is that I see too many people when it comes to sales, selling too fast, too hard, and too soon. Mm. And so as we're thinking about the search base, let's think about the difference between, well, what, you know, like, well, where does the sale happen? Or how do I actually sell a product? Well, we can do that. But let me give this analogy. I feel like it's kind of like dating and relationships. My wife, Sonia, and I, we've been married 12 years now. I met her at Starbucks. Nice. And you know, when I... When I first met her, she's a barista. So I walk in and, you know, I'm like, wow, she's attractive. I see. But how do you think it would have gone, Scott, if I walked up, I saw her and day one, you know, I, I slid my credit card to buy my coffee and she's handing the coffee and I'm like, I'm going to take this opportunity. I lean across the counter, kiss her on the lips and say, will you marry me? Mm. You think that would have gone very good? Probably not. Um, and if it did, you might want to be careful. <laughs> good, yeah, good point. Lose, lose either way, you know, either right, I would lose right. or if she said yes, then it's like, well, that's even crazier still. Right. So, but, but of course now we've been married 12 years. Why? Well, there was a lot of steps in that process. Mm. There was the dating phase. There was the engagement, of course, phase. And then there was the, um, sale, if you will, marriage phase. And I feel mm. like online marketing should really follow that model. On YouTube, you're putting out this valuable content. It's kind of like going on dates with people. Mm. And I feel like, if, especially if you wanted to build an email list, maybe take people into a deeper conversation. I sometimes say, and, and you can break this rule, but I sometimes say, don't sell on YouTube, sell off of YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I don't even mean just that your sales page and the checkout right. page would be off of YouTube. I mean that maybe there's another deeper dive video or something else off of YouTube. You take them on a customer journey. 
So if dating is getting to know them, they're watching different videos, they're getting to trust you, then getting maybe an email list or uh, an email opt-in, a lead is engagement, is being engaged. And then marriage is when someone decides to do business with you, right? And so it's slowing down that process. So if we take it back to kayak bass fishing for beginners, you could potentially, because people these days too, they can tell if you're selling. And it's definitely not, I don't think it's bad to sell. Maybe point number three is a specific tool you need. And people are definitely interested in that. It doesn't have right. to be high pressure. But the idea is that you could potentially share tips and not sell at all. What right. you've earned is a subscriber potentially. What you've earned is, wow, this is valuable. Mm. I want to come back to this channel. And now you have the, ch the chance as you're building your brand to be adding value with weekly content. And then when you educate your audience about the new thing you launched or some new products that will help them, it's a it's almost a frictionless process as it pertains to making a sale. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And it's totally something I've followed many times, um, including, you know, the amazing seller and my other businesses that I've built in the, in the past. Before we move any further, though, how did you actually how did you actually start the deal, though, with your now wife? I need to know that. I'm sure everybody's wondering. That's a good question. And it's a, <laughs> it's a funny tactical story because so I started going into Starbucks a lot. And that's when my uh, coffee intake tripled because okay. I'm trying to see her more often. Right. 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 And uh, I'm learning about her little by little as we talk, as I'm buying coffee and I find out she's into running. Now, Scott, I was not into running at the time. I happen to be now, uh, <laughs> but I was completely inactive. I, I, I think I was still, I was still young. I think we're 2021 20, at this time. And so I just came out of kind of like college and high school. So I was still was like sort of in shape, but I had not been doing anything active, but I got this idea. I found out she's into running and I was like, huh, what if I went and got some running clothes and then went into Starbucks wearing those? Nice. Maybe that could trigger something. True story. Right. So I walk in, walk up to the counter and she's like, what? Like, wait a minute. Are you, are you into running? And I was like, clearly i mean you can, you can just just look at me you know and she's like she goes we should go running sometime wow so our first date was uh going to the arlington airport arlington washington and we, we ran for like five minutes and, and you know i was out of breath so then we just walked and talked and then our relationship started building from there i eventually told her about my tactical you know trickery how long, how long before you actually revealed the tactic that you deployed maybe maybe not even <laughs> until we were married you know i want to make sure i sealed the deal before she understood how conniving i was but uh yeah that's so funny i i did something similar not like tactical that way but i was 20 when i met my wife and she was 24 at the time and um she kept asking me how old i was and we're going like probably like two weeks after we met we've been on a few dates and i just kept saying i'm old enough I just kept saying that. And finally I got to tell her, she's like, get out of here. You're, you're only 20. And I see, yeah, I'll be 21 though in like a few weeks. And, uh, and long story short, we've been married 24 years. So it ended up working out, but, um, but yeah, it's so funny, but it is, it, I, I agree with you hundred percent. Like you can't go out there and just hard sell. And I love the idea of getting someone to basically come into your world where you can get them to know, like, and trust you before you ever make an offer or even just a soft offer or just a rec like, Hey guys, I'm using this. If you want to check it out, go here. It is an affiliate link. You will buy me a cup of coffee, but Hey, if you want to, if you don't want to, that's cool too. Like be open and honest about it, but just let them know you're just sharing it because it's something that, you know, you've used and you like it. And I don't think there's a problem in that, but I also think that you should, you should deliver that value over time. Now with, with YouTube, we're, if we get a subscriber um, on YouTube, there's a chance that they'll see our stuff, but now they got to click like 
a notification thing too, right? So now they're making it a little bit harder. With email, I think there's going to be a better chance for me to at least, you know, say, hey, listen, I got a new piece of content. Or now we've got a Facebook pixels we can drop on. We can remind them through there. There's all these other things we can do. Let me ask you, so if I am starting from scratch on YouTube, do I even worry about trying to get an email or do I worry just about getting the subscriber? I would say at first you'd want to worry about getting the subscriber, mainly because on YouTube, minutes matter most. So <laughs> it's not just about views or subscribers. YouTube's actually tracking minutes because one view might be one second, but mm. one minute is 60 seconds. And gotcha. what YouTube wants is to they sell advertising that's their business and when they could tell advertisers that people are spending 30 minute sessions over an hour session watching content on youtube that means just people they want time on platform they want people yeah. to stay there be in their world so i think at first again and this goes one of the things just to, you know we've already talked about this but this is the path of what it takes to succeed on youtube build a stronger brand that could last and have a legacy despite anything else I think there's still tons of opportunity to create strategic commercials and run mm -hmm. Facebook ads and run other things. So, and, and you could probably be running dual strategies, meaning mm -hmm. you're building a brand and maybe you're also building your email list through uh, some sort of a free gift or whatnot, or even mm -hmm. a, a free plus shipping type of a thing, mm -hmm. whatever that is. So you could have two strategies on YouTube though. At first, you don't want to be sending people off platform. You'd mm -hmm. want to be adding value, building value. So if I was starting a yoga business brand, and so mm -hmm. we're selling blocks, we're selling yoga pants, sure. we're selling all kinds of products, I would want to start a YouTube channel, though, that's actually just like maybe, you know, 20 minute yoga workouts every Tuesday, mm -hmm. and building value in the culture of mm. what that industry is all about. And I would probably want to do that three, six months to get that momentum to get some views to get traction to try mm -hmm. to rank some of those videos around those search terms to also get into your own rhythm. And again, it goes into that thing where it's not even being like, okay, we've done it for two weeks. Can we start like giving a hard call to action to our email list? I'd be like, mm. nice to know you, Sonia. It's been two weeks. Will you marry me? You know what I mean? Like it's, right. like, it's like just kind of slowing it down because that path of building a brand is a little bit longer. So that's a great question. Um, I think focus first on getting the views, keeping people there. And people are so skeptical today. And every year they probably get just more skeptical because we're used to being marketed to. Marketers mm. ruin everything. We're used to. So when you're patient, it can be very powerful. There's a um, podcaster named Lewis House. He has a podcast mm -hmm. called The School of Greatness. Yep. And um, I was talking with him and he said, you know, he didn't even start selling sponsors or try to monetize his podcast for about two years until after he started School of Greatness. Wow. We started a channel called Video Influencers um, and it's about to cross 300,000 subscribers on YouTube. It's three years old now, so it's about 100,000 a year. It actually, by the way, grows very sl slower at the beginning and then there's that kind of more exponential curve. The mm -hmm. real growth kicks in in the, the third year. And so right. that's kind of a good case study in the sense where mm. are, are we thinking if we will want to build a brand and build real influence on YouTube, are you thinking about three years, mm. five years, yeah. 10 years? Um, and so at, we didn't turn on ads, the YouTube monetization, which for most Amazon sellers or any kind of e-commerce um, entrepreneurs, that might not even be a thing you should ever do. You can mm. monetize in so many other ways besides the YouTube monetization. Mm. But our point was we didn't sell anything, market anything. We did grow our email list in the early stages uh, eventually, but we, we weren't marketing anything because we wanted to build, again, yeah. a brand. We wanted mm. to 
we to say like, hey, because we also had other income streams and other businesses, we were mm. able to not like try to cash in on day one. And I think that principle is absolutely huge. And so, yeah, if you can hold off building relationship, getting people in love with the show, the content, mm. and becoming really, you want to be a go-to source of a certain type of information with, for people that creates a predictable interaction mm. on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. You mm. want to be the no miss Jeep show. You want to mm. be like, dang, every week. Yeah. Man, I just learned something cool and like I just love it. Or and it's not even necessarily always about teaching. It could just mm. also be about culture and relationship. Like you go just take your camera and you you show the rock crawling, you know, uh event and and people, you know, cuz you know what people love in that industry. You just mm. want to be a go-to voice influencer, expert or even just guide you know, in that industry, adding value, adding entertainment, speaking right into the heart and making those connections. And again, it's like one of those things. It's like once you do that, you're, you're essentially digging a well that you could then drink from for the next 5, 10, 50 years mm-hmm. by adding that value. Yeah, I, I love that, right? It's like you're, you're, you're digging and you're drilling that well for, for years to come. And, uh, you know, it's definitely paid off for me time and time again. I know it's paid off for you, but it does take time. And in the early days, it can get discouraging. It's like anything, right? It's like a lot of people are out there trying to create an online business because they want to make money. So how do you make money, but then still keep yourself driven if you're not making as much money as you want to or you think you should? Um, and I think that's the hard part for a lot of people. Um, and I just... I think there's other ways that you can monetize. There's other ways that you can make, you know, short cash. Um, and I've gone over a bunch of different ways on my podcast. So it's not really, I don't think that's the issue here. The issue is here for me, not even an issue, but I guess my point I want to drive home for people is put in the time now to create this asset that eventually could then again, separate you from everyone. So when the competition comes in on Amazon and everyone's always crying because there's, there's all this competition that came in, but you've got this brand presence now, it doesn't really matter right? Because you have the influence and you have the space that you could push and drive sales whenever you want. Um, and you're, you can also have other ways to, um, to monetize, you know, your, your channel or whatever. So you have another revenue stream as well. All right. So there you go. I'm going to cut it right there because we have a bunch more that we go over here as we continue this conversation. But for today, I want you to really think about what we just discussed and start thinking What can you do or how can you take this opportunity on YouTube and start creating some content around your brand, right? The first thing I would do is I would go to YouTube, like Sean said, and just start typing in the search engine or the search bar, how to, and then start talking about, you know, your brand, like how to catch more bass and then let it fill it in. This way here, you're going to start getting these ideas of things that you could potentially create inside of your brand that would attract the right people and then bring them into your brand where you can educate them and you can start building a subscriber base there. That subscriber base also can be then brought over to your own email list or over to other channels that you have and start getting people into your world or into your brand. So again, I want to remind you the show notes to this episode can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 536. Also, definitely check out Sean's masterclass. This is where he will walk you through step-by-step how to get started and then how to grow and scale it. And that can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash video. Go there, check that out. I highly recommend that you do. Like I've always said, you're building a skill set. 
you are building assets. Everything that we learn is a skill set. Everything that we put in place, like a YouTube video, that's an asset. Everything that we do online that could bring people into our brand is an asset. And the things that allow us to do that are the skill sets. So don't forget that. You're always wanting to expand that and learn skill set and also build assets. All right. So again, the episode, this episode, theamazingseller.com forward slash 536. Definitely check out his masterclass, theamazingseller.com forward slash video, and definitely come back and listen to the continuation of this conversation in episode 537, which will be the next one, and we are going to be diving into some really creative strategies where you can get started right now and actually start testing products without actually owning the products, which is pretty awesome, and you can create your own content schedule and do this over time that will start to build momentum. All right, so definitely check out that episode. All right, guys, so that's it. That's gonna wrap it up. Remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I'm rooting for you. But you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.